Hey guys, this is Hunter Levine, and thank you for listening to the Captain's Collective Podcast, brought to you by Skinny Water Culture, Hell's Bay Boatworks, and Orvis Fly Fishing. We're taking a quick break from our interviews in Charleston to hear from Chris Peterson, the owner of Hell's Bay Boatworks. Hell's Bay is one of my earliest and most faithful sponsors, and I'm proud for them to be a part of this show. And during a recent trip to the Indian River Lagoon, I got the opportunity to spend the day with Chris and get a behind-the-scenes look at their home headquarters and skiff building process. In this interview, Chris and I discuss his upbringing here in Florida, his love for fishing, how a health scare led to a career change, and how he went from being a kid paddling a flatback canoe around the ponds of Florida to the owner of the world-renowned Hell's Bay Boatworks today. I hope that you enjoy. Thank you for listening. This is the Captain's Collective. He's out there. I don't say it's anything you choose, I think it picks you, you know, it's genetic. Let everything else stop in the world and just be quiet. And it's amazing where your mind goes at that point um, and where it doesn't go. And sometimes just that quiet space is, is what we need, and especially in this day and age. You have a fly rod in your hand. It's this tool that takes you to beautiful places. You meet hopefully wonderful people. And it's just this cherry on top of this outdoor adventure. When the fish is coming, that shot within a shot, that timer starts. No one else knew anything anyway, and you just might definitely making it up as you're going along. But so what Grandpa and Dad would tell me is like, all right, where's an old big trout laying out there? Where's his shaving cream on the water? Where's he been shaving this morning? Out? So look for his shaving cream on the water, and that's where he's gonna be. Well, hey, Chris, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast and hanging out today and giving me some hospitality and showing me around the headquarters of Hell's Bay. Yeah, no no problem. I mean, we've always got a ton of interesting stuff going on here. So <laughs> Yeah, and we're sitting in a very interesting office right now filled with a lot of history and art, and I want to get into a little bit of that in my rapid-fire questions towards the end. But before we really get into Hell's Bay and, and all of that, I'd love just to hear about your story and how you first got into the outdoors and where your love for fishing and boat building developed. You know, I guess, I guess if you go way back to the beginning, uh, back in the day, um, you know, I'm 57 years old now, but back in the day, uh, you know, parents let the, let, let their kids and the dogs in the neighborhood just run free. Um, we didn't have television per se. I had three channels that didn't have anything on it that we particularly liked back <laughs> in the day. And uh, so, you know, finding ourselves in the outdoors is, is, is just what we did, you know, back when I was growing up. Um, I, today, I, they, they would send stormtroopers in to arrest parents if they, if they did what my parents allowed us to do. And I know in first grade, I had a little squareback uh, canoe that I would take out at Saturday morning uh, on the lakes of Central Florida. And I'd leave at 7 o'clock in the morning, and I could have been drowned, eaten by alligators by by eight, and no one would have known I was missing until about sunset when I was supposed to be home mm. for dinner. Um, and we did that every day, and we fished and swam from the time, I mean, I, like I said, since I was in first grade. Prior to that, my dad was taking me out fishing. Um, we fished everything from little brim that, you know, like little kids always want to do. My mm -hmm. grandfather did the same thing with me. He'd sit on the dock with me for hours when I was four, five, six years old, and I just 
when and and we uh, I I don't think he knew about using dough balls and all back then, but we, you know, he'd go and buy a bunch of earthworms and. I'd sit there and catch brim one after another, day after day. My granddad just sitting on the dock watching me. So that that's how that's how I grew up. So you know, fishing was just part of my DNA. It's something that uh, my family's done for generations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, after that, you know, we, uh, I was fishing myself. Uh, you know, for a, a, a lot of a lot of that weekends, my dad and granddad would fish with me, and all through my teenage years, every single Saturday, my dad and I would go offshore. Uh, mostly catching kingfish and things off of uh, New Smyrna Beach area. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and then as I got a little older and had my own car, I really started venturing into the, the Mosquito Lagoon in my area mm-hmm. and catching, you know, saltwater inshore fish. So, um, you know, that's kind of my legacy there. And my dad and granddad were big hunters. So I, I fish, I hunt, we hunt all winter. We fished, you know, all summer and spring and fall. So. Yeah, when you're a kid, you know, when you were talking about the canoe, that reminded me, when you're a kid and you have access to a little boat, whether it's, I remember I'd go over to my grandparents' house when I was really little, they had one of those old school paddle, you know, paddle boats. Oh, yeah, the those paddle boats, remember sure, those? yeah. And, but to you, you know, you're Lewis and Clark, you're going out and getting to explore. Um, what about what you get to do today at Hell's Bay kind of reminds you of some of those early years of, of being a kid and exploring and fishing with your dad? Well, I tell my wife all the time um, that guys never really grow up. I said, so if, I said, if she expects me to do anything different than I did when I was 14 or, or want to do anything different than I was 14. Mm-hmm. So every day here, I get to go out and do kind of, uh, you know, I get to explore. Um, you know, I take boats out. We do a lot of testing here. So, you know, we go out onto the Indian River here because just in our backyard here at Hell's mm-hmm. Bay in Titusville. And, uh you know, it's uh, we're always messing with boats, seeing we make them go faster, shallower, quieter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, testing things. It's something like what we used to do when we were kids. Um, and then at the same time, you know, it's always amazes me that when we're out there, we've always got a rod, so uh, we kind of see what's going on a little different for for yeah. you know a half hour at a time here and there. We're always and that was kind of the same thing too when I was a kid. You know, we, we did go to school too, so so you know it was that <laughs> afternoon. You had homework and other things, and so I did live on a lake, and I you know you always every day there was at least a half hour you could run down there and yeah if it was biting not biting you know or whatever you know i'd wake up in the mornings and you'd see back in the day it was kind of a glass minnow i haven't seen in the lakes of central florida in a while always up on the surface and those bass would be you know spraying those out there just before school and you'd go run down there for 15 minutes and go you know go grab a couple casts while they were you know they were pounding those glass minnows and things so i used to do that you know we take a rod out in the boat today and you know you see something happening over there you see some you know tailing redfish on the shore and you're oh yeah, so we, we we do slip over there and you know cast out of and stuff on an everyday basis. So it's yeah, really cool. Earlier, you were telling me that you know you had got into real estate and construction, mm-hmm. and then you know uh, there's a really interesting story about how really you came to where you are today. I'd love for you just to share about how you came to be the the owner here at Hell's Bay and get involved with the company. Yeah, I you know I didn't. Uh... I didn't think, you know, you come out of, I went to the University of Florida, came out of college, and you just don't really know what what you're going to do. You know, what can you do? You think, God, i got to make some money. So, uh, you know, I got into real estate, construction, land development, and I really didn't like it, you know, mm-hmm. but I was good at it, and I made money at it, and I could support my family fairly well with it. Um, but then in 2003, I was diagnosed with uh, lymphoma that was an uncurable lymphoma, and it was a fast-acting lymphoma. But then uh, I was able to get into an experimental program at MD Anderson in Houston, 
and they nuked me with uh, all sorts of chemotherapy. And uh, actually, it became that their experiments were actually what became the cure. So I was on the front end of a cure for that type of lymphoma. Today, it's a very curable lymphoma. Uh, 20-something years ago, it was not. Mm-hmm. So I got out of real estate. I just got everything I was doing. I didn't think I was going to be around. So when I came through that, and uh, early on, I didn't expect it. I thought, okay, I'll be a guinea pig, and it probably won't work. A lot of tests, are, you know, just they think something's going to work, and it just doesn't. But this one actually did. And so I, uh, after about two, two, three years, I was still around, and I said, well, i got to do something. Mm-hmm. And my passion's always been in boating, fishing. Uh, you know, I was a 100-ton licensed master back then, too. And, uh, you know, so it was my passion, but it's what I worked for to go do in my off time was mm-hmm. fishing and boating. Um, and it just so happened that I was looking for a, kind of a new career. Uh, what was I going to do next? I kind of had freed myself from what I didn't like. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hell's Bay was going through financial troubles and ended up going to bankruptcy. And I started chasing it. I was very interested in it because it was a great brand. It was well known. Um, it was something I thought I could bring back and mm-hmm. and and turn back into its grandeur again. Um, it's something I thought I want to do. But it's also something that I truly love and passionate about. I'm passionate about new innovation, about building things, um, building boats, and uh, and fishing. And so. Uh, it was kind of a natural, just because you love fishing and you love boats and maybe you're a great fisherman doesn't make you a great boat builder or businessman, but I'd had that in my background. So it kind of worked for us here at Hell's Bay. And in 2006, I, Wendy, my wife and I ended up buying Hell's Bay at a, literally at a auction in our front lobby here, to, you know, mm-hmm. right two, two rooms from where we're sitting today. Yeah. One of the things I noticed too, you know, when I first got here, I got a tour of the facility and you kind of just walked me through the fold process of of what you guys how you guys go from really conception all the way to sending it to the new owner and i call that i call that i say i tell people that we start right back here at this back door where drums of of resin come in but i say this is where rolls of glass and drums of goo and i said at the other end the other way other door is where we produce and, and you get a brand new awesome boat so yeah and it's incredible to see that i mean and you guys are working on so many boats at one time you can actually see physical representations of each stage of the process right. and I, one of the things that stood out to me when we were going through that was it's very obvious that you're passionate about what you do this isn't just uh you know oh let me buy this business and then get somebody to run it and go live on a yacht or go, you know, you're very hands-on and passionate, excited about the different holes, the different models, um, but also very educated. And you're showing me, you're, you're pulling materials and you're talking about this is this material. This is why we're using it. This is what we're thinking about in the future, Mm -hmm. those types of things. Um, I'm sure that for you, you know, buying this company um, was a really special, exciting new start to a journey. Um, Mm -hmm. I'd love just to hear more about kind of what's been fun and exciting about getting to rebuild or build back up that brand um, to where it is today. You know, you know, it's part of the exciting stuff, sorry, the passion is just that I just, I just want to constantly build a better boat, you know. And that's the way Hell's Bay started originally. I mean, there were some good boats out there. Mm-hmm. They didn't float quite that, that, that light, and they didn't quite, they weren't quiet. You know, mm-hmm. there was a lot of hull slap and stuff like that. So, you know, the history of Hell's Bay, it really started under a blue tarp in St. Augustine, uh, you know, with some friends just trying to build a better boat. And uh, I think my, part of my passion every day is, is, is it lives in that passion of that they started with, which was just to build a better boat. Um, but we can take on that and constantly improve these boats. If there's something that makes them a little more quiet, we, we try it. We're constantly pushing the edge and the, and, uh, of, 
of boat building, our materials are coming out of, you know, the aerospace and the wind world, um, you know, super technological stuff that isn't really made for the marine market. But as we as we continue to look there, that's where the research is because mm-hmm. the money's there in the in the defense industry and things. Um, and they're constantly coming up with better, newer, tougher materials. And, uh, you know, that's part of what what drives our passion there. But also, what can we do with our shapes? You know, how can we make them quieter? How can we make them drier? How can you know, every boat eventually, I don't care, you know, you, you take one of our skiffs into a five-foot sea, you're going to get wet. Well, if there's something we could do to make that a little bit better experience mm-hmm. for you, yeah. um, you know, we certainly, uh, we'll, we'll take a look at it, you know. If it doesn't if it doesn't take away from the fishability of the boat, which is really what's most important to us at Hell's Bay with our boats is it's a fishing tool. So how do we make it better? How do we make it, you know, able for you to get there and do what you want to do? to catch the fish that you want to catch from a mostly a saltwater inshore fishing experience. Mm -hmm. And I recently just interviewed Flip and one of the things we talked about was innovation and kind of the history of innovation and fly fishing and fishing in Mm -hmm. general, really of people just trying to make it that much better, that much better. And one of the things that you told me was you're always trying to, you know, hear back from the guides and and test things and try to make small changes. And Mm -hmm. it's a constant, constant process. For you, is that something, have you always been somebody who likes to tweak and, and yes. do small? Yes. <laughs> but but I don't think I'm the smartest, you know, brightest crayon in the box on things. So um, I really like to listen to people. I mean, mm-hmm. I like to listen to those guides. I like to listen. Flip comes in here all the time mm-hmm. uh, and tells us things. And, and the funny thing about Flip is, is that he comes in and he tells me something and I, I'll think about it. And I'm like, gosh, he's, he's, he's really right. And then it you got you to gotta do it and then you got to test it and you got to... Mm-hmm before you kind of bring it out to market, you know, Flip just thinks that, you know, like I wiggle my nose and something's going to happen next day. And, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, we'll come out and I'll say, hey, Flip, you see what we noticed we did here? He says, I didn't think you were listening to me. <laughs> I said, yes, I listened, Flip, you yeah. know, or, or a lot of guys, you know, you, you listen to them and they, they've got a situation or something they want to do. They want the boat to do something a little different. And you got to think, wow, would that make the boat better? And yeah. can, can we incorporate that? And, I'm not on, although I'm on the boat a lot, all of our boats a lot, um, I'm not on one particular boat that a guide makes his living on every single day. Boy, he, he knows that model better than I do. Mm-hmm. And to, for me to think that uh, I know better than him, I don't. So we got to listen to those guys. And that's part of the fun also being here is that we've got some of the really the world's best guides and professional fishermen fishing out of our boats and they're ready to give us you know advice and feedback and you get to just hang out and talk to them and hear their stories which is which is invaluable but it's also fun and part of the passion too yeah and you know it's you're kind of talking about you know you'll take a hole and you'll keep tweaking 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 and from friends underneath a blue tarp to several holes that you have here today that are mm-hmm. that are great, well-respected holes. You guys recently did a big step and moved into the bay boat market. Right. And you were telling me about how you guys went about um, designing that boat. Mm-hmm. And I thought that it spoke a lot to your overall kind of philosophy on how you approach innovation. Could you just share about how you guys kind well, of went about we, that? Yeah, we started out with the, in our bay boat, the, the Estero. Uh, it's 24 feet. Um, you know, and we're only going to make one bay boat. So we... We don't have a 22, a 24, 26, 28, and all these other different versions of it. So, you know, our boat, we decided uh, we wanted it to be the best fishing tool in that size class that we could come up with. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I'm not going to tell you, I, I mean, I could design a boat and do great things for maybe what I wanted to do, but we, we got to look at a lot of different factors on that, a lot of different users in the boat. So, yeah, we brought in tons of different guides. Sometimes we'd serve them lunch and we'd have round tables of four to five at a time. We did it multiple times. And we got a list of about 250 things that uh, everybody wanted to see in a bay boat. But of those 250, some were, you know, I want this bigger and somebody else wanted it smaller so you couldn't you know make all of those 250 and mm -hmm. i thought heck if we could get 75 to 80 of these things knocked off the list that this boat will do and we ended up with like about 180 of those 250 i was really surprised how far we could make everything meld into this boat but but it was all about listening to guides and what was important in that size boat which is mm -hmm. not necessarily a skiff um because some things that's in the skiff is not as important in a bay boat but at the same time there's a lot of commonality so uh, we just we just listened 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 to the stories listened to what they want and then we tried to incorporate as much of that as we could into into the into the sidero that's here today mm -hmm. yeah it's an incredible boat I, I was i had fun getting to look around it and kind of look at all the different small details that i think add up to being big changes and big advances in it for you what what is the most exciting thing about what you get to do here you know, there's probably a couple of different aspects. One, I get to, uh, you know, I get to design boats and look at new materials. I really like doing that. I got some passion into that. Um, but really the thing every day is that, you know, I'm, we put out a boat that, that one, we're proud of. Um, my team is proud of. You know, I've got craftsmen out there. Those guys are all smart. They're all very good at what they do. We just can't take an average guy off the street. So they, they produce a product that they're proud of when they're out in the community and people see it and see them or see them with a Hell's Bay, you know, staff shirt on. Uh, it brings pride. But I love the fact that we're, we're producing a product that the customer loves. When they pick up, they've got such pride in their boat. And, and, and that goes to some guy with a 2,000, you know, whip ray. He's extremely proud of that boat is the guy with a 2020 mm -hmm. um so to be able to put people into into boats and then listen to their experiences and the things that bring them joy in that boat because most of these most of my people are as passionate as i am about fishing you know mm -hmm. so to go back and then hear their experiences and what experiences that that's brought to them and their family brings brings me a lot of satisfaction mm-hmm so if it's okay with you, I'd love to go into just some rapid fire questions sure. and just kind of get a take. So this upcoming concert season will be all about the boots and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. One of the things that you're really passionate about, the skiff challenge, mm -hmm. and you guys have built some great skiffs for that. What draws you so much to that particular race? 
I'm good at it. <laughs> um, you know that for for one thing, it really gets to showcase uh, just what I was talking about the the quality of our boats and the complete beating that we put them through in mm -hmm. all sorts of situations, lots of adversarial situations, and the boats just they they just shine through, and that's mm -hmm. that's really cool to make something and then go really it's a true on water test um, to run that skiff challenge. Uh, it, and do it well you need to be someone who understands navigation you have to know small boat handling and be really good at it um back to when i was a kid i used to think i was a cypress garden stunt driver i think with some of our boats back in mm. the day when i was a teenager so I, I got good at driving small boats and i do that's something i'm good at um and and so I'm passionate about it from a couple levels. I'm also passionate because actually it would be fun to do. Uh, it started out with uh, Heath from uh, Yellowfin and I kind of just on a two old crackers. Well, we weren't that old at the time, but two crackers, mm -hmm. Florida crackers. And, hey, <laughs> you, you know, I bet you can't do this. And, and you know, it was one of those things that was kind of a, a kind of a dare between mm -hmm. the two of us uh and then uh, at a boat show the palm beach boat show years ago and we just kind of did it but then we put satellite trackers in our boats and the next thing we know it was kind of viral mm -hmm. so we got a lot of people watching us and now part of what the passion is is that people watch us um heath is also a very very good at all those aspects i said he is a he is a great competitor and now we've got some more people in it and they're good competitors too but uh yellowfin and i've been doing it and we're good friends except for when it's when skiff challenge throttles go down we're now mortal enemies until it's over with and we're good friends again i guess maybe it's like nascar in that way i guess those mm -hmm. the drivers are buds until it's the day of the day of the on the on the track but um so the passion is it's just that uh, we get to innovate we get to try a lot of cool things some of the the things that we're using in our boats now came out of the original skiff challenges some of the laminates uh, we we push the envelope and then tried them in those boats. Um, our car, our carbon Negra, for instance, was originally in our first first used in our first skiff challenge boat. Now mm -hmm. we brought that into full production. Uh, it works so well. Um, it's super strong and super light, and that really helped us. But I didn't know how well it was going to perform when I we beat the heck out of it um, and saw how well it held up. You know, in the skiff challenge, and then that boat was around for many years after that uh here in the factory we used it for a lot of stuff and when we said hey this is a great product so we, we're using a push product but i'm just passionate about it for a lot of reasons and now i'm passionate about it because uh we've turned it over as a as a publicity um or a learning tool for captains for clean water mm -hmm. and that's something that we're very involved in wendy my wife's on their board uh, i'm very active with them and pushing you know the you know everglades and clean water in the state of florida because mm -hmm. uh i say water is is our soul mm -hmm. here in florida i mean without it what are we missouri i mean i don't know i mean yeah. what makes us special it's our it's our water from our springs all the way out to the everglades and to the salt water um so now that we're using that as a tool to educate people about water issues it brings a lot of passions together it brings yeah. racing it brings you know the, the adrenaline of that it brings you know the ability to test our products that we make here and uh you know and and it's also built camaraderie amongst the skiff challenge captains for instance we're all on a group text with each other and we're constantly all year long busting each other's mm -hmm. chops and making fun of each other and and so we've got a friendly group amongst us also mm -hmm. so it's built a little community that you know they 
bring some fun. And like I said, at the same time, we're now raising money for captains for clean water and bringing their message home. So it's it's got a lot of got a lot of legs. Mm-hmm. One of the things I was interested about was you know you've always loved fishing and and going out and doing different types of fishing. And then you get involved in working in this business that takes a lot of time and attention and effort, but you still get a chance to go out on the water a lot, whether it's water testing or on trips or certain, you know, fishing excursions. How has what you've done here maybe changed the way that you think about fishing or maybe enriched that? Oh, wow. That's a cool question. It has enriched it. And I think, I think the enrichment is because of some of the people that I get to meet and fish with. I mean, Mm -hmm. I, I've fished with everybody from uh, Stu App to, you know, Andy Mill to Flip Pallet, Chico Fernandez, C.A. Richardson, good personal friend of mine that uh, I fish and dive with, uh, who's just as passionate about fishing as anything else, is Dr. Guy Harvey, good personal friend of mine. Um, and I'm on his board at the Ocean Foundation, Guy Harvey Ocean Foundation. Um, and, you know, conserving fishing um, and, and that legacy has become important now that I'm here. Mm-hmm. And, it, and this business or my job gives me a platform to somewhat be a voice for that as well. And, and uh, you know, I like doing that and I think that's important. But that's how it – but to enrich those with the people that you fish with um, – I mean, fishing's fun, but it but it's the time you get to spend on a boat with somebody, and you get to learn about that person is is really as awesome as fishing. I think that's just I think it's just part of fishing. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned legacy. What are you hoping that the Hell's Bay legacy will will be? You know, I I, I hope that uh, you know that, and it will it will continue to be that is um, that we build a really really wonderful product. Um, that people then are able to go out and enjoy the natural environment with their friends and family and their kids and grandkids and pass that legacy down that we have in America of hunting and fishing uh, down to generations that maybe think they can fish on their iPad. But, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, but there's, no, there's nothing better than being in the outdoors and teaching people about the outdoors and about the the wonders of those outdoor and those outdoor experiences. So, that, you know, that's what I hope we leave here. I hope that we're building something that uh, is good, good on the environment, which our boats can be if, if used properly. And I like to let people know, use them right, please. Don't tear up grass and, you know, be, be, cons- be conservation minded and, and enjoy those outdoor experiences because they're there to, they're for all of us to enjoy. And they're such great, healthy pursuits. Mm-hmm. You talk about Hell's Bay as being a family, not just with the people who work here at the factory, but also with, with the owners. And you guys try really hard to build that camaraderie. I'm interested, could you just share some tips on building camaraderie and, and making, whether it's a business or an organization, feel more like family? Well, I mean, here at the factory, um, you know, we've got a very good uh, cohesive group of, of guys that, and, and gals that work here. Um, like I said, they're good at what they do. They're proud of what they do. Um, but you know, for instance, today we're ser- we serve lunch to our guys, uh, and we normally sit around as a family. We get to know them. I mean, I, the guy who's washing boats here, um, you know, I know what he does on the weekends, and mo- most all of them fish and love mm-hmm. fishing, and and we talk about fishing. But we we sit in there and laugh at silly uh, YouTube videos during lunch, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 get to know each other. So uh, and we ca- we know their kids, and and their kids know each other here so we're we're at those that work here are family but then when you buy a boat 
Um, you know, people buy our boats also buy into what I'd say are what it, what our community uh, values are. You know, with, with conservation and and you know just the love and the passion for fishing. And so there's a lot of common values, and those t- people tend to flock together. And and uh, we know all of them. We are not a huge company. We don't we build about somewhere between 80 and 100 boats a year mm-hmm. um, and we try to know each of our customers and we try to and we have events for them. you know we mm-hmm. we do uh, days here at the factory we do the the Hell's Bay owners tournament we're involved in the Herman Lucerne and other tournaments that uh, I would say the Hell's Bay family tends to gravitate toward mm-hmm. and we all know each other mm-hmm. um, we get to know you while you're building your boat if it's uh, right now we'll we'll we're about six months from the time you order your boat to the time you get it so we we get to know you during that time period and then we know you afterwards Mm -hmm. if you guys were this is always a fun question for me but if you were gonna put one thing up on a billboard that every single person that was heading to the coast or heading to the sea um was gonna see outside of by a hell's bay what what would you like to put on that billboard oh boy that's a that's a good question. I, you know, I, 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 I don't. I, I guess the message, the message would be to love and respect the water. You know, wherever you are. Um, you know, like I said, that's back to all of I think all of our souls. I mean, we're, we're what? How much percentage are we water? Our own, mm-hmm. our own, our own selves. The planet is mostly water. Um, you, you love and respect the water, and, and then that, and that message would be to all sorts of facets of what you do with water. Um, when you think about all the, the years of fishing and getting to fish with different guys and trips, are there any particular trips or stories that stand out to you? Oh yeah, there's a few. Um, you know, um, I guess one story, I guess I'd, I'd like to relate and it were, it goes around Jose Wahebe. Um, Jose was up here a whole lot and got to be a friend and I was going fishing with C.A. Richardson in Louisiana, and I was getting on a plane at noon, and uh, Jose was here at the factory, hanging out and whatever, and I was in a big hurry to get, I had to, I had to get on that plane, mm-hmm. and I didn't have time that day, you know, to, I mean, we said hello and whatever, mm-hmm. but I didn't have time to really visit, and I got on that airplane, and then a couple of days later, uh, C.A. and I are fishing out in the marsh, and we have no cell service, and my phone, as we start coming back in, I can't, I'm not getting calls, but all of a sudden my phone blows up with tons of text messages. I'm like, man, something's weird's going on. And we're, and we're starting to come back in and nothing, didn't really say anything about it. And, uh, then Wendy called me. I got a phone call from my wife, Wendy, as we're coming around, I told CA, we're running back through the marsh and I told CA, shut down, shut down. And he shut down and she told me that, you know, Jose had passed in the, mm-hmm. in the airplane crash. Um, I still get emotional about it because he was such a good friend. But that just goes back to, you know, you never know when it's going to be the last time. And always take time, I think, you know, to to spend time with your friends and 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 that sort of thing. So I guess that's a fishing story with a different story to it is that, you know, he was you know, he was here. I'd seen him a whole bunch, so I wasn't really like I hadn't seen him and didn't spend time mm-hmm. with him. But the last time I saw him, you know, I was in a I was in a hurry to go do something else, you know, that I needed mm-hmm. to get to. Um, you know, sometimes slow down, and that's what fishing lets you do. Let's just slow down and spend time with people. So I'd fish with you know with with Jose a bunch, and it 
it was good to be able to, uh, you know, to really know them. I wouldn't have known them as well without fishing. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't know CA or Flip or, or anybody or my own children and now grandchildren. I take them fishing all the time. And some of those times on those boats just to know people, um, who and what they are and what they care about and what, what they're all about uh, happens on a boat, mm-hmm. happens while fishing. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're looking for? Oh, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Um, if if you could go take that kid who has the flat back canoe and give him the tour that you gave me today, what do you think he would say? You mean me? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. You know, I, I mean, I, as a kid, you know, um, yeah, I might have thought it was cool, and you know, I, and I took I took tours as a kid of other factories. I mean, I, back in mm-hmm. the day, there was uh, you know we we'd go as, you know, school group to the Marita bread factory or, and I was always fascinated with kind of Mm -hmm. factory processes. So Mm -hmm. I guess I would have thought it was cool. And then I I love boats and I probably would have spent the last, the the next month and a half with sticks and plywood I'd stolen off of construction sites, trying to make a boat, you know, Mm -hmm. in my garage and my mother going, what the, what is this trash all over here? You know, but (laughs) yeah, I probably, yeah, it's probably would have, would have tried to be a boat builder with just, scraps you know that's just what you did back in the day well thank you so much just for hanging out and allowing us just to hear a little bit about your story Uh and then also about what i believe just really makes hell's bay special Um, so thank you so much for this time i appreciate it thank you thanks again for listening to the captain's collective please help us out by leaving a review on itunes and sharing this podcast we hope that you enjoy this is the captain's collective